no, your biggest asset is not your car. It's not the value of your business. It's not even your home or, or your future home if you don't own it right now. A lot of people are surprised that their greatest asset isn't a thing they own, but it still requires your attention in order to ensure that your future is a successful one. Today, we're going to explore how to plan using your biggest asset. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets. This is Tom Seco and CJ Burnett. We're financial advisors, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the hosts of this podcast, Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. Our mission is to provide education to veterinarians so they can get clarity, take control, feel confident, and experience contentment that they've never really experienced before. For those of you listening for the first time, we offer resources available on our website, such as complimentary financial race CEs, assessments, videos, and articles, any kind of media that you want to consume. I'm, I'm hoping to God it's on there. You can find them all by visiting just one website, flvetadvisors.com. Hey, and if, if you want some extra stuff too, maybe you can check out our YouTube or Facebook and all that other great things. We have some cool videos we put on there. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like we're, we're trying, we're trying. I mean, we don't, we don't have an Insta yet, but maybe one day. Maybe one day. Well, hey, there's, there's a story. I think this today's episode, I think, can be another awesome conversation that we have, and a story that's way too familiar to us is, you know, let's say there's a, a vet. We'll call her Sally for today's conversation. Sal Sally, like Mustang Sally? Mustang Sally. She's got a guess you light. better slow your Mustang down. Sorry, light, guys. I'm sorry. You have to Mustang. deal with my singing. Uh-huh. <laughs> light blue Mustang. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why light blue. Is that because it's never mind. Okay, yeah, no, go that's ahead. cool. Yeah, she she graduates from college and begins working at one of her local animal hospitals. You know, right out of school, she has little hope for her financial future because you, her student loans are just weighing her down emotionally. Sally's been working for three years and believes that she will not have many assets until she was enlightened to the idea she does have a huge asset right in front of her. And that's part of our conversation that we're going to talk about today. And, you know, CJ, what, something that was commonly like when we ask people, like, what is a question we ask that seems that people tend to not have a solid answer to? Question is always like, what, what do you think your biggest asset is? Hmm. They think it's their business. They think it's their home. They might even say their retirement accounts. So you're telling me but, my biggest asset is not my house? Mm -mm, nope. But you, you know what's what, what's intriguing though is that if you ask about their biggest liability, right? They actually like all, they know that <laughs> with, with absolute certainty. They're like, oh, biggest like boom, student loans, boom, mortgage, boom, credit card, whatever it is, right? What is your biggest liability? It's, it's just so much easier for people to recall, right? It's, it's crazy how that, that it happens too, because, you know, student loans are something that is really emotional. Debt is emotional. I mean, even though there's a conversation I had recently with someone, I'm still going to constantly keep thinking about this, even though I'm paying it off on a schedule, <laughs> it's still lingering in my head. Well, because it's like, I mean, how, how many things do you have that pop up in your life once a month to take money from you? 
right? Mortgage. It's your mortgage, it's your bills, <laughs> right? It's, I mean, and all of those things, you, you usually know how much they are, you know where it's going, your electricity bill, you kind of expect these things to pop up once a month. And you, you don't, you, you know that you're always going to have an electricity bill. So you don't really like get mad at it. You're just like, yeah, it is what it is. Like I accept it, right? But your student loan comes in, you, you got to pay your student loan payment. And you're like reminded that one day this will actually be gone. And then you start thinking like, well, what if it was gone? Yeah. What if, what if I could just like get rid of this? And now it becomes more of this like thing that is bothering you because you know that there's just something nagging you every month to take money from that, you know, that one day won't be there. And you just wish that that day would come. Right. Well, what's so, as we're sitting here talking about this, I'm thinking about it. I do get, I used to get very upset with my electrical bill during the summer months (laughs) because it gets so high, but then I just realized like, I'm so thankful that I live in Florida and I have AC. <laughs> I'm like, I will pay that every month, no matter what it is. I don't care. <laughs> as long as you have AC, right? As long it's, as I have AC. Because if you don't have AC, then it's a bad situation. Then... Oh man. Oh, it's going to get real sticky inside real fast. It's, it's interesting because, it, you know, people can rarely recall their biggest asset. They know exactly what their biggest liability is. And oftentimes they don't know if their biggest asset is bigger than their biggest liability. Mm -hmm. Like most people don't even know what their balance sheet is really constructed of. Right. Well, and let's come back to Sally here. Cause when we're talking about the biggest asset, like we see, you know, Sally, she's coming out of school, making $90,000 of income. And, you know, every year she receives a pay raise. It's about 4%. And, you know, she's got about 35 years until she's looking to retire. Have you ever really thought about this with you listening right now? Have you ever really thought about what all of that's going to accumulate into your life in the future? Sally didn't. Sally was when we first sat down and talked with her and over 35 years, she's going to earn about $6.6 million. That's a lot. Yeah. Just, I think that's a mic drop right now. Just so you're saying, so you're (laughs) saying someone's biggest asset is their income that they're earning when they're, when they're young and they've got a lot of years to work. Yeah. Like, well, like let's say your student loans are a couple hundred thousand dollars, but then you're going to make $6.6 million. Doesn't mm-hmm. seem so big now. Yeah. It seems, it seems like a little, a little speed like, bump. So you go 15 miles an hour over, you know, speed bump. Well, Hey, if you want to know more about how to utilize your income, your most valuable asset, then go check out our short video series on the five foundational steps to finding financial balance. You'll learn how to get your finances organized, protect your most valuable assets, set up a structured plan to save for the future and live today. And then you'll also learn the fundamentals of investing. This is often considered the next step for most veterinarians since it's a simplified way to learn advanced concepts. The link is in the description of this podcast. So there are really only four places, four things that can happen to my biggest asset. Right. Well, the first one was to get fired or you quit. You get fired. Yeah, that's, I mean, that your, your income goes to zero if you get fired or you quit. Mm-hmm. You pass away. Yeah, you're no longer here with us. Hopefully. You know, God forbid something happens to you early. And, you know, if you're married and you have kids, and that means that all of your income over the next 20, 15, however long you're going to work, 30. all of that income is gone. Yeah. Vanished. But let's, let's say there's something you intentionally do and it's retire. Oh, yeah. Well, that can, yeah, that's the only one of the four things that can happen to your income where, where like from a bad perspective, that you you can do literally intentionally. You intentionally retire. Now, intentionally retiring though requires like, that requires a lot, right? Like that requires a balance sheet that produces income for me so I don't have to work. It usually takes people a couple decades at, at a minimum to get to that spot where they can they can intentionally retire. Yeah, 
Absolutely. The last one is really, you can't work because of an illness or some kind of an injury. That can sometimes be a, a almost like a, a time period early on in life, right? But maybe, maybe you get disabled and you can't work and you, you've got an illness when you're young. So you maybe lose five years of income, but if you're older, like let's say you're 60 mm -hmm. and you can't work because of an illness. Well, that that's basically forcing you into an early retirement. Right. And it, it could, you know, there's maybe you're in a higher earning years too at that time. And that's where you're really trying to stockpile some more money away. Could yeah. Drastically change the entire story. Yeah. An illness could force you into an early retirement, pretty much solidify whatever you've done, which means that if you were late to the game, that could be not fun. Mm -hmm. And since, you know, these four things are really could impact us, you know, voluntarily or involuntarily. And it's amazing the things that, you know, basically are involuntarily like you know, let's say I get fired or something does happen to you or I pass away or become sick or injured, uh, you know, since it is our future, not just for us, but it also is for our family. We have to think about what we need to do about it today. And what are some ways that we can be able to take some of these risks away from us and maybe give them to someone else and make it a little bit more of their responsibility. And that really comes to, you know, protecting your biggest asset. So, so let's go through those four dangers, right? The first one is you get fired or quit. Mm -hmm. How do, how do we, how do we mitigate that risk? Well, obviously saving money and having enough money to pay bills, right? That's mission critical. At, at least let's say three months of your expenses might be just a good place to start. That'd be a good place to start. Right. Mm -hmm. The second one was if you pass away. So yeah, when you pass away, well, this comes to life insurance, you know, does it actually protect your earnings for your family? So one thing is like, are you covering only 10 years of your earnings, 20 years, why are you only covering the amount that you are? If you're not covering any of it, like why not? Why would you get more or less? Um, there's actually a phrase if in, in one of our past episodes, what we call your human life value. And basically when it comes to making sure, Hey, if something happens to you, what's really necessary for your family to receive in a lump sum of money to be able to continue your income moving forward as if you're still here. Right. And this is where the, the amount of insurance that you get, oftentimes people see a big number, like a million dollars or $2 million. And, and they think that that number is, is really, yeah. really large, but they're not thinking about that number as the engine that drives income to the person, right? So go back in, in, in the previous episode, I, I forget which number it was, but there's a human, there's one specifically on life insurance and there's two different ways to approach it. You can do a needs-based or you can do a wants-based approach, right? And, and you just kind of figure out which one works for you, right? There's no right or wrong. It's mm -hmm. what, whatever you prefer, I, you know, if, and, and Hey, if you don't want any insurance, you're like, Hey, you know, if I die, my family's going to have to bear the risk that you don't want any insurance, then that's fine. Don't have any insurance. Like maybe they can just figure it out, you know, like maybe that's, maybe that's your stance. I mean, I, I don't know. You don't want to complicate these things too much. Right. And then obviously, so we went through getting fired or quitting, how to protect against that. We went through getting, uh, protecting against what would happen if we passed away. Right. Uh, retiring intentionally that we, we really don't need protection against that. You, I mean, to a certain degree, I mean, they, I feel that that falls within also at the same time with can't work because of a sickness or injury, you know, either okay. short or, or long-term. And this really comes into disability insurance. Ah. Um, you know, especially if you're a business owner too, because there's certain disability as well. You should consider as a uh, business owner, like disability buyout and business overhead. But for the sake of our conversation, we're really talking more on the individual side of things. And it's like, do you have long-term disability insurance? You know, do you have a group or do you have individual coverage? I mean, do you even know how much you have? Uh, it's a surprising how many times we even talk with students that come out of school or even they're 10 years into their career and they still have the small amount that they purchased right out of school and have never really increased what they have. 
And what's interesting, and I want to ask you all a question here, you're listening right now. When you, when you think of a, a disability, where do you think most of them start? Is it from a sickness or is it from an injury? Ask yourself that real quick. You got a 50, 50 chance. You what do, do you think 50, it is? So if you were thinking injury, I'm sorry, that is the incorrect answer. Actually, 90% of disabilities are caused by illness, illness, things that you can't control. Things like cancer, those kinds of, like that stuff. Yes. Right. And, and remember, you're getting, you're getting disability to protect against the catastrophic. Mm-hmm. You're getting disability, not, you know, not to cover for the, the, the disability that you're going to be out of work for two weeks on. Not the disability of, of potentially, you know, getting COVID for, you know, and, be, and having to be forced to stay home for 10 days. That's not really what you're protecting against. You're protecting against the catastrophic loss a, per, a permanent loss of income due to an illness or an injury. Absolutely. And that's long-term disability, not necessarily short-term, which they can all have their right. certain part in all of this. And, you know, with all the four risks, you know, we pretty much sum them up from a, if you get fired or quit, let's say that you would pass away, maybe you had a forced early retirement, or maybe you did want to retire sooner. And then also at the same time you became sick or injured. Those are some different things that you should be at least focusing some of your attention on as you're planning and you know, to shift gears here. Well, the other thing with when it comes to, since your, your income is your largest asset, it's your biggest asset to you. Uh, saving money should also be something you're looking to balance in with that. So, you know, right. what's, if you're going to make 6.6 million, you might as well have some of it that you save, right. For your own personal future, I guess. Yeah. Right. I mean, I would hope, I mean, well, maybe <laughs> not. I mean, maybe you want to consume it all and just, and there are say, some hey, people that do, right. I'll just live in, I'll just live on social security and retirement. Like, just, and that'd be, that'd be the only source of income. Right. And well, and the, the, this should be, the goal should be to build a balance. You can live your life. You do what you want. And at the same time, you're building the, uh, a balance sheet, what CJ was referring to earlier that where it'll help recreate, it will continue your lifestyle and your income when you eventually decide that you're, you're done working. So you don't have to work for a paycheck anymore. And what's interesting is, you know, Sally has a lot of opportunity from our conversation today and you do too, you know, depending on where you are in your career, even if you're just out of school or you're in the middle of your career, or let's say you're 10 years out from retirement, there's so much that you can still be doing to make sure these things are addressed. And these risks are out there for everyone. They're not just for particular people. So the, the biggest factor working against you is your time. So make sure if you haven't started addressing these things, start looking at it today. And we work with veterinarians like Sally all the time to help them plan for what's important to them and how to manage their biggest asset for their personal fulfillment. The most important thing that they can do is take the smallest step in the right direction. This often leads our clients to a place where they feel confident about how they're paying their loans and how they're making other financial decisions that they don't regret what they're doing at some point in the future, right? We've all been there. We've all made a decision. And then on the other side of that, the consequences to that decision, we're like, oh, I really wish I could go back and, and undo that and, and remake that decision. Mm. Um, you know, I, I know I've had it, I've had it too many times in my life. I don't, I don't want that anymore. So I try my best to avoid those, those situations at all, at all costs. Absolutely. Hey, if, if you're liking our episodes, you know, definitely make sure to show us some love go to our Facebook page, write us a review, like our page, go to, if you listen to an Apple podcast, make sure to write us a review and give us some love on there at the same time. Uh, and what you can do to really help out other people that are in your community and other veterinarians that you know, uh, is take a screenshot of this episode or share it with at least three people, you know, 
uh, and let them know about this. Let them say, hey, they need to take a look at this. And if you do want to post it on social media, do this hashtag smarter vet. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. Submission 2021-126197 expires September of 2023.